Well, welcome, men and women, to the Creole Collective Podcast, where we love to... Children, animals, everybody, welcome. Yeah, especially animals. <laughs> yeah, somebody's dog is listening to this right now. It's got to be a German shepherd, just totally stoked about this. Um, we're off to a good start we are we are uh i'm so ready to create like all these amazing things with canines (laughs) (laughs) three people just quit listening went on to another podcast yeah exactly (laughs) see ya i'm out of this my kids actually gave me this a little can you see this you can't see this listener but Mike and I are in a video while we record this, and this is a Roadrunner. And I found this on my desk today, and I'm like, oh, cool. My kids gave me a Roadrunner. So animals are a part mm. of this podcast now. Yeah, they are. That's like your nickname, Roadrunner. Road <laughs> it could be. Um, creating, yeah. I'm so excited. Animals, kiddos, men and women from near and far. We are so happy that you clicked. Um, we're super, super grateful because we know you could listen to a lot of stuff and we're trying to keep things really, really simple about the one and others, right, Mike, just walking through each one of these new Testament commands to take care of each other and actually be the brothers and sisters that we're called to be right, Mike, kind of getting after that. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's critical. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, if there are some German shepherds listening, this one's for you. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'll jump. I'm jumping in because we can't really can't really beat this intro. This has been an amazing intro <laughs> so far. Um, it's, but Mike, it's, we need it's either our it's it's our best or our worst. I yeah, think. yeah I think it's too. our best. Yeah, I think the diff- the difference between our best and our worst is like not that much of a difference. Right, right. <laughs> we've had we've had way way worse. Um, I'm I'm excited because I'm talking from a blizzard snowstorm where we're getting about ten inches of snow right now, bro. And you're talking from your microphone where you're getting seventy two degree yeah. sunny weather. Damn it! And I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah, it's unusual. Like it's might be a might be a high for February twenty third in Pennsylvania, 70, 72 degree high, and then tomorrow is going to be thirty eight or something. So no fair. I don't understand. Yeah, it's no yep. fair. First of all, you guys get all the great sports teams. Now you get all the great weather. This friendship is over. <laughs> Just don't cheer for the Sixers because every time you jump on our bandwagon, we lose a championship. So it happened with the Eagles. I need you to, <laughs> yeah, I need you to pull for the Suns or something. Okay, all right, I'll cheer for Phoenix. Go, Kevin Durant. Hey, Mike, I am excited. You know why? I had no idea. Probably a lot of things. Go for it. No, because I'm with my best brother. Like this is this is the highlight of my week. I get to hang with my best bro. You do, and so do I. And let's not talk about kissing. <laughs> All right, I'll keep this one PG. Only hugs, right. hugs and handshakes. <laughs> but Man. no, no side hugs. Those are weird. That's a <laughs> that's a strange, a strange like churchy invention of the side hug. Yeah, what I say that? either fist bump. Or like give an actual hug 
Yeah. Let's eliminate the side hug. Yeah. What was that side hugs deal? Was that did that come about because people are afraid of like touching the front of each other? Is that the deal? I forget where that came from. I I don't want to think too hard about it. I just <laughs> I think it's weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> just think about think about a German shepherd, man. Those those dogs like hug you from any direction, lick your face. We just need to have the heart of a German shepherd. <laughs> For all my German shepherds listening. <laughs> you ever seen those the videos of like humans acting like dogs or cats? They're pretty funny. Pretty funny YouTube videos. Oh, okay. I got to look them up. I'm sure my kids would love them. Hey, uh, yeah. speaking of uh, loving each other, we're going through these one another's. And today's is quite interesting. It's in 1 Corinthians 11. And it has to do with when you're gathered together that there could be like weird, awkward, like, um, you know, when you're with a mixed group of people, there's always like the clicks, the divisions. Hey, this, these are the three or four people that I connect with and forget the others or, or just awkward, like factions, divisions, and then, and then revolving around the Lord's Supper. But, but before we get too deep into that, Mike, it's our custom, one of our, one of our fun customs that I love. I need a fun story from your week um any kind of story that kind of kind of sets this up like not no divisions just people loving each other welcoming each other opening up our hearts together i need a i need a fun story that kind of can you get get something that encapsulates this yeah it's honestly this week's been one of those weeks jeff like have sickness going through our house so yeah the fun Fun story this week is uh, I've been playing a lot of a lot of video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's enjoying enjoying time with my son. He's got this uh, barky asthma cough. We've been keeping him out of school a bit, and I took him to take some of his credits for GameStop to grab a steering wheel for his racing game. Nice. So we just kind of been spending a little time hanging out as a family, had a nice pasta dinner. You know, he tested out his new steering wheel and we're rocking and rolling. Perfect. Who's, who's, who's the, who can dominate who on the racing game? You know, Mikey's really good at racing games. I'm better at the sports games. Right. Right. And but he's like super into cars, YouTube videos of cars. Like he, yeah. every tail light, he can tell you what it is yeah. from half mile away. That's that's great. That's great. I hope he feels better soon, man. Is he doing? Is he getting better at all? Or is he still kind of in the weeds? Or yeah, he went back to school today. So you know, everybody else has been active lately. Elise, um, you know, was at tumbling last night. So yeah. We're, yeah. we're still moving. I've been gathering with lots of other people this week outside of the home, but mm-hmm. it's been kind of in our house, just a lot of coughing and yeah. cough drops. Yeah. You're really, you're really good, bro. At what we're talking about is welcoming people from the heart, like not only with your sick kiddo and just making sure he doesn't feel alone and isolated and taking him to GameStop and all that. But also you showed me a picture a few minutes ago of you having breakfast with people across your city and just dreaming and scheming for the kingdom. And I'm like, Oh, that's so Mike Gerald, grab some food, grab some friends. Let's just be together. I love it. 
Yeah, it's kind of taken off, man. We started pulling people together who were doing a variety of really good works of compassion, living like Jesus. And um, I just invited them all to breakfast, you know, a month ago, a couple months ago. And we had a super good time. And so you got people working with safe families for kids or, you know, working with the homeless population, running a women's shelter, working with migrant workers, a bunch of different churches, cosmetology school, brewery, all these people coming together. And just uh, we spent the morning today talking about Jesus. We spent the morning talking about what does it look like? not just to align our thinking, but our behaviors mm. around Jesus. Yeah, that's good. And so for the, for the brewery, it means like we leave ridiculous tips and pay for other people's tables and things like that. And, um, you know, for the cosmetology school, they're wanting to partner up and, you know, cut hair for people that need free haircuts. And mm-hmm. it's like everyone's sort of coming together going, what does it look like? both in the way we think and our heart motivation, but also in our actions, how do we live this out? And then your win is my win because we're a part of the same spiritual family. So how do we celebrate each other and understand that it's not that a church has a mission. It's that the mission has churches and pubs Mm -hmm. and cafes and Mm -hmm. um, all sorts of things. So yeah, it's been cool to kind of collaborate, bro. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. I love it. And, uh, my, my, um, not that, that story is amazing about the people around the table. I have a similar kind of experience this week, um, where, uh, we were just hanging out as a family with some extended family, some friends around the table. Um, and, uh, we, uh, kind of setting up this passage, first Corinthians 11, I believe it's 33 when he gets in the Lord's supper, we were hanging around a table and one of my friends was gluten-free. Uh, came to me before the Lord's Supper, actually. And uh, my wife had this amazing homemade bread and some of the honey mead that we brew together as a microchurch. And we were about to do the Lord's Supper. And I looked at this gluten-free friend of mine. I'm like, wait a minute. You you probably can't do this um, bread because, yeah, it just affects her. It's not just a choice, but, it, you know, it affects her health. And um, so just the scene was kind of like in the middle of the chaos and all the group they're hanging around the kitchen we're about to pray and kind of kick in there's some sharing time and we're like freaking out like what do we do and so (laughs) we got some almond crackers out and um uh, helped her get this little few almond crackers that were obviously gluten-free and um so she could be a part of that um and uh as i was reading this passage I'm like, oh, that's really. Did cool. you buy? Did you buy those crackers with her in mind? Um, I wish we could say we did, <laughs> but um, because I, I don't know. randomly have almond crackers yeah. sitting around. I should yeah. probably like like stock my cabinets appropriately, thinking yes. of oh, who yeah. my audience is. Yeah, yeah. There's there's great uh, I mean, almond cracker. What else? Um, there's uh some other like varieties of gluten free crackers, but um. No, but I did the whole 30 like way back in the day. <laughs> and um, I had some almond crackers and gluten-free snacks just so I could have that, you know, kind of that whatever that cracker um, when you crave a certain food. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have these crackers I could dip in my aioli, whatever it is, <laughs> um, during the whole 30, which was horrible. 
<laughs> much rather have like a breadstick dipped in marinara sauce but yeah but uh anyways had these car- crackers and she she just felt loved and cared for like oh they do they do want me to be a part of this you know and i don't i don't just you know whatever can't don't have to sit on the outside i'm i'm actually a part of this now so that was kind of fun that was kind of fun i love it man yeah, yeah i i had a a friend of mine i feel like a lot of people in Latino, Hispanic community know how to fiesta, man. They know how to party. And I feel like we can learn from different people, different cultures, because they re- reflect the image of God in very unique and beautiful ways. Mm-hmm. This guy taught me, he's like, Mike, you know, hospitality is about thinking about your guests. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes we will go, Hey, let's invite people over and I'm going to prepare a dish that I like, right? Which is easy to do because there's a lot of food that I love and I'm excited to share what I love and I want to make the stuff I want to eat. But good hospitality is thinking about what your guest would like. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, if you're, if you're a craft beer person and the person you're inviting over is a Bud Light person, Hospitality means that you go buy a six pack of Bud Light, mm-hmm. knowing that that's what your that's what your um, visitors are going to appreciate. Mm-hmm. And so I think we got to think about the people around us too. And you got me thinking about that with the I don't know whatever kind of crackers, almond crackers that you talked about. Like, think about your audience. What do people enjoy? And what does it look like for them to feel valued and at home? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And the context of this is a dinner, right? It's a party. It's whenever when someone represents the Lord's Supper, I'm, I always like joke because we're, you know, I grew up in a tradition where we called it communion. And so you, you think like set the sacrament, like the small little morsel, like the small little wafer, the small little cup. But that, that's not the context of this. This is actually a dinner, a Jewish dinner which was like feasting and, and a party and in the greatest sense of the word. Um, so, yeah. We did it this morning over our breakfast, Jeff, over right. our breakfast. We, we looked at everyone and said, okay, for our prayer, I'd like everybody to share just one word where, where you feel messed up, where you don't feel like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And people are sharing, confessing where they don't look like Jesus, just a word or a mm-hmm. quick phrase. Mm-hmm. And then we finish with, isn't it great that Jesus picked up the tab? Mm-hmm. Take your coffee, take your wine, take your water, take your orange juice, right? Grab mm-hmm. your your toast. And right now, let's just look to somebody else who declares us free and loved mm-hmm. and holy. And that's beautiful, man. That's a table moment that people are just like, what just happened? We came for breakfast and got weird. there was this deep moment of bonding and yes. something's going on here, man. Yeah. yeah. That's a great story because it's, it's, it takes the person that kind of brings the awkwardness level up a little bit because those aren't normal conversations, of course. And so if you're listening and like wondering, like, again, we're talking about the Lord's Supper in a bit here, but, but how do we do this? Like someone's got to. Some, someone's got to be the one to pipe up a little bit and ask the question, you know, and get people's minds, you know, kind of turned towards the gospel, turned towards Jesus. And so I love how you did that, brother. I'll, I'll read it here quick. This is a real simple passage, and 
1 Corinthians 11. It's again, the context is the greater chapter, but just for the sake of time. Um, so when you come together, brothers, when you come together to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, first let them eat at home. So that when you come together, it won't be for your judgment. So again, in the context, verse 18, earlier in the chapter, when you come together, there's divisions, there's factions among you. Verse 20 through 22, you're humiliating each other. You're despising the church when there's these divisions and overlooking people and not waiting for each other. One of you is drunk and another one of you goes hungry. You know, what, what's the deal when you're eating your supper together? Um, and then verse 27, you're eating and drinking in an unworthy manner. And then that's where in 33, then he commands them to wait for each other. So Mike, first take on this, what's Jesus, what's Paul through the spirit of Jesus? What's Paul getting after here? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think Jeff, one of the core most important things we can do is come around the table, not as people that are trying to pretend that we're impressive, but as people that are broken, that we're chief confessors, that we admit that we don't have it together mm. and that together around the table and our humility and our unimpressiveness, like we find common union, we find communion. Yeah. Yeah, because we're looking we're looking to someone else who is our hope, who is our life, who is our salvation. Mm -hmm. And so we all come as beggars, man, breaking bread mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and toasting to the grace of God. And we need to do that, man. So I, I think if there's some sort of uh, it's not a ritual, if there's some sort of unforgiveness or. A uh, problem or issue in your heart that's dividing you from God or others. Like, don't go through ritual, man. Mm. Like, go be a peacemaker. Yeah. But go. it's an opportunity for us to be humble and broken and united together as a people under Jesus, who is our hope. Yeah. When you were talking, I just wrote down the phrase came to my mind because of what you just said. Um, the table is the great leveler. You know, it's like no one's taller than the next person. We're all sitting around this table and we're all dependent on this food to nourish us. No one's no one's higher than the other. No one's lower than the other. Um, so wait for each other to come to the table, you know, and I love that picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got to. I, I think you're right. The table's a great equalizer because when you say basically at the table, who here is without sin? Mm -hmm. where, where are you broken, right? I, I think it's ironic. I think it's a bit of irony that you get the, you know, you don't want to, if you have sin, right? You mm -hmm. don't want to take yeah. communion. You hear that kind of language that people talk about. Yeah. Everybody has sin. The idea is that we come and we lay it all out <laughs> we confess our sins to one another and then we we eat his flesh and drink his blood because he is our life and yeah. so you come together as broken confessors that are finding life in jesus the only thing that i think would prohibit us from breaking bread and drinking wine is is not being willing to admit our own brokenness
mm-hmm. and sin and shame. It's holding on, on to our bitterness, hate, grudge, anger, pride, ego. You just come broken, man. That's it. Right. Like the only thing you need at the table is to be broken. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Just come and be broken and then, and then break, break his body. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. One of the other verbs there is to examine yourself and what you're talking about is the perfect kind of opportunity to do that is when you're in the moment, you're resting, the meals being prepared, you're sitting around, you kind of look around the table or around the room or patio porch, whatever. And you have that, um, that moment to get a little awkward, but it's a good kind of awkward where you examine yourself like you did this morning with your friends. Um, and if you don't have that moment to examine yourself, that's, that'd be eating, you know, eating and drinking in an un- unworthy manner, like, cause you're not, not reflecting on your dependence and, and your need for that common grace, just like everyone else. And um, so I think I don't, in my estimation, I don't know it's so much of like, um, I don't know, waiting for one another, right? The command to wait for one another. I think it's not such just a physical space. I'm waiting for Mike to come to the table with me. Um, But it's like allowing people to enter into that with you without any division or faction. And you're all connecting on that, that deeper, more awkward, which I, I consider the best kind of level of intimacy. You're sharing your dependency. You're sharing, you know, where we blown it. You're sharing your need for grace. You're sharing um, the common uh, hope we have in Jesus. And then you reflect on that as you drink and as you eat. It's a, when it happens, when a Lord's Supper truly happens like that, it's a, it's a magical moment, right? Yeah. And people, you know, I think the waiting thing picks up on our, people aren't going to open up about their own deficiencies and, and, you know, issues and struggles if you're in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's gotta be some, some room to breathe, some dead space in between some con- contemplative reflective moment. Mm-hmm where we wait for each other yeah and in order for that stuff to surface Mm -hmm. and for us to get honest about what's happening and i think a huge reason why we don't introspect is because we don't take time to breathe and to wait yes absolutely we're just so busy and distracted and Mm -hmm. and uh um let's get through the entertained (laughs) yeah Yeah, man we're we're entertained we fill every dead moment and so there there isn't time to allow god to be like hey that's Mm -hmm. not right You've got to change that. I'm, yeah. I'm inviting you into something more. Exactly. The word, the word to wait, the Greek, um, just being like weird Greek um, looker upper guy, but um, welcome, welcoming from the heart. That's, that's the Greek there. And so welcoming someone from the heart, that's, that's the goal. Um, does my heart recognize the presence of another heart, another soul? Um, so I, again, I contend it's not just physically waiting for someone, it's waiting for someone's heart connection. And so we're, we're making sure we're making the heart connection with people as we're, as we're practicing the Lord's Supper. That's, and that's hard to do when you're with like a huge group of people that you barely know. That's hard to do when you're just at an event or, or something where someone's handing out the little thimble of juice or the little wafer. Um, I think Jesus wants, I mean, he modeled it, right, with the 12 and whoever else is in that room, like he wants an intimate dinner. Um, 
That's my take. That's my hot take. What do you think? Yeah. And I think that we just have this tendency for um, achievement. Mm -hmm. So, so I want to, I want to like, I want to grow. I want to change things. I want to make adjustments. I want to put into practice some new habits, structures, ideas. I want to progress and achieve. We have that mentality and we have that mentality with faith. Mm -hmm. So when things are off, that's why we tend to go toward advice. Mm -hmm. Well, you change this, switch this up, add this, adjust this, put this into your calendar and mm -hmm. make, make things different because we're achievers, man. We're progressors, we're movers, we're doers. Mm -hmm. But I think that so much more of the transformation that we want to see happen is going to come out of just confession, mm -hmm. yeah. humility, vulnerability, communion, and confession is going to lead to more transformation in a person than like the desire to progress and to fix ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Maybe that's why I love meals so much because you can't do like, you know, you're, you're not like you come to a meal table. You're not like, you know, we're not, how's what's the word i'm not like performing anymore i'm i'm kind of putting all that down off to the side and i'm just enjoying a meal with someone um it's very non-productive which i love it's 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 very anti-productive like you're you literally if you invite someone for lunch you're telling them to take a break from everything else just so i can spend a moment with you and i so i i love that's how that's baked in to what jesus is talking about here that's it's uh, I just want to share a moment with you and I want to hear your heart mm -hmm. and I don't want to produce like that's 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 kind of even counter what we would consider modern day discipleship. Right. Like like I got to get mm -hmm. you through my program or my steps or here's the agenda mm -hmm. or here's the workbook. Here's the you know. <laughs> So I, I love how try, try, try it. Try it with some people, Jeff, like like not just the, the meal, but invite some people that you're trying to shape on a spiritual level and say, come and sit with me. And when they sit with you say, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to say anything. We're not going to look at our phones. We're not going to talk. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. be here. Let's do nothing. Let's mm -hmm. just be present with God and with each other. Yeah. And we're not going to fill it with meaningless dialogue. We're just yeah. going to sit here yeah. and watch like, I bet you you don't last 40 seconds without people getting really uncomfortable because they don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even when we try to like throw a party, it's like, it's got to have some kind of, like, I'm not just going to come and have a play some games and hang out. Like it's got to have some, why are we doing this? What are we, what are we getting together for? I love it. I love how Jesus just is the antithesis of productivity and um, mm -hmm. like, uh, he just loves these these guys and gals. I believe there's some gals there too around that Lord's Supper table, sharing his heart, just pouring his it's, heart out. It's why people. the it's why the Creo vacation was is such a value for us. Mm -hmm. Is you know we we believe that it's deeply spiritual to do nothing. Mm -hmm. yeah. To, yeah. To to come together with no agenda. I mean, sure, we could go see a comedian or get on segways or sit by the beach and throw football and whatever and do all that. Mm -hmm. But you need to come without an agenda, mm -hmm. just 
free to be alongside of other people, free to rest. Yep. And playfulness and good dialogue and all that can flow naturally out of that. Mm-hmm. But we got to create spaces that aren't just we've got an agenda and a mm-hmm. big bullet point list of stuff we got to achieve. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. people are frankly just tired of that being at every environment they go to. Right, right. Hey, Mike, we, we exactly right. I, I think what all these different environments where we're so pent up with expectations and just laying those things down over a meal, that would be a great great first step if someone's listening just just have a meal with a few friends and and trust the holy spirit just to bring that welcoming kind of spirit into that hey mike we always talk about as we finish up here the antithesis of that we mentioned a little bit of that like maybe the productivity of being too focused on taskmasters and and making sure we have a list of agenda items um are there anything else is there anything else in your mind mike about the antithesis of welcoming from the heart waiting for each other as we sit down for a meal especially as we're gathered for the as a body of Christ, whether it's a microchurch, missional community, small group, large group. Any other things rattling around in your head about the antithesis of what Paul's asking us? What's, what's the opposite of waiting on each other, welcoming each other from the heart? Um, I think maybe morality, like a, a desire to be mm-hmm. good and to show other people that we're good. Yeah. And, you know, I think it sounds healthy and right on one level, yet Jesus doesn't, whenever the conversation about good is brought up, Jesus always changes the conversation to perfection. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like you must be perfect, not good. Um, you must be perfect as, as your heavenly father is perfect. Mm-hmm. Go never sin again be holy as i'm holy if you've ever lusted you're an adulterer you ever had hate you're a murderer Mm -hmm. like jesus elevates it to this level that i think when we come into environments with a mindset of morality i I think jesus always levels the playing field you cannot be moral enough Mm -hmm. you must be perfect and you are not and because you are not, and and nobody at this table is perfect. Mm-hmm. The only one at the table that's perfect is Jesus. And the one who knew no sin became sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're not going to sit here and pretend that we got it together. We're not going to focus on our morality. Mm-hmm. We're going to admit our brokenness. Yeah. And admitting our brokenness bonds us. But I think maybe the opposite of brokenness and humility and sitting around a table is beggars is morality and an obsession with morality and with doing the right things yeah and talking about that kind of stuff which oftentimes leads to talking about the people that aren't doing the right things Mm -hmm. and kind of a pride and a judgment and an ego and i yeah i think morality is probably the antithesis or an obsession with morality or moral achievement is probably the the opposite of what we're talking about here yeah yeah our our own morality is really the opposite of the gospel of course you know our self-righteousness uh that's that kind of stuff needs to be rooted out i think about even when you're in a group around a meal or you know and the conversation continues past the meal when you're raising your glasses and you're just sitting around the living room or the patio and 
Um, last week, we had an amazing discussion with the spiritual gifts with each other. And people started like peppering each other with like these encouraging statements about like, oh, you know, Larissa, you know, you have such a heart for um, um, you're, you're a tenacious like worshiper, follower of Jesus. You have this this uh, um, just this determination to know Jesus more. And I love that about you. And and we just went around the circle. And, and, and so that when I hear like in First Corinthians 11, the next chapter, I think it's 12 that's on spiritual gifts. But I think one of the one of the antitheses of this whole welcoming each other factor and and the leveling of the table or the leveling of the living room when we're all on the same level together um, is not honoring each other's giftedness and not and not um, expecting that giftedness to be shared um, because we I need these people in my life to bring these things to my attention and I need their gifts to shine because then we are a better body we're a better family when when everyone's using their gifts and we're you know um, expressing the kingdom in a more fuller ways because people's gifts and skills and abilities are being used so i i think about maybe that um maybe goes back to your morality when one or two of you are the only gifted people that get to speak or teach or lead or direct the mission when there's only one or two of you doing that that to me i think really kills the the spirit of this text as well because then then there is um, a difference between those two people and the rest of you or whatever. Does that make sense at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love your heart, bro. I love the environment you create because you regularly talk about your own stupid things you did or said or whatever very openly. And I think it causes people to feel comfortable, safe. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait a minute. Are you saying honest, that, honest? You just call me stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> I I only hang out with other stupid people, as I I am too. Yeah, I've I mean, only had we, to have we all we all do stupid things, man. Yeah. We do. Yeah, you and and I love our relationship because because we both have called each other out in our stupidity several times. <laughs> so. Man. Uh, we are we are each other's we great need levelers. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Hey, hey, Mike. Just just so we can communicate this out. Speaking of a table, and a meal, and nourishment, like there's a lot of things for people to take in, and we want to make sure people are welcome to sit at the Creo table to get nourished. Um, and every every week, I put it on you. Is this your week? Do you want to tell people how to sit at the Creo table? Let me just tell them about a few things coming up one yeah, do that if yeah. if, if you want to hang there's there's some people it's like a collaboration event with missio new england and creo collective and 100 movements up in middleton massachusetts yes. coming up next boston month. boston so so one day you want to hang with us there awesome get connected we also have a, you say a march two 25th, day by the way do you say march 25th I said in March, so I I can count on you for the dates. March Thank 25 you. in Boston. March 25. Go. Then we got um, in uh, our next two days in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. With the amazing Aaron, Aaron Lowy and the gang. Aaron's going to host us. They always do a phenomenal job hosting mm -hmm. an A-plus a event. Mm -hmm. So make sure you, you get a crew of people, maybe a team 
and come hang with us in Knoxville. If there's one guy that can lord over me and I don't care if he, like he's way more gifted than I am and he's just like, he, if there's one person that's like a self-righteous Pharisee amongst us, it's Aaron. No, <laughs> he's not self-righteous. That is so untrue. <laughs> that dude like I just hope is he's listening so humble. To this. <laughs> Man, he literally gives everything away. He's Super amazing. humble. He's amazing. Great, great guy. But if there was a version um, of a Pharisee that I just allowed a lord over me, it would be Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's you guys will love, and he's smoking a lot of meat right now. Oh my goodness! Like, so I'm I'm hoping we get some of his good food when we get down there. Yeah, um, he's amazing. Yeah, and then and then we have a another webinar coming up uh, next week. We got we got a big name on that. Who's hopping on that, Jeff? Yeah, we had just had Lucas Pulley from the Underground, and then next time we'll have a conversation about that this week, right? So that's going to be amazing. And then, yep. um, yeah, and then the next webinar we have coming up will be John Rittner, right? Rittner, yeah. We have Rittner. John Rittner. Yep. Rittner and then coming up. Is Jesse Crookshank doing the one after that? And Jesse Crookshank with her new book on discipleship. That's going to be amazing. All kinds of fun things, Mike. No, it's super good, man. You didn't want to give him the so website? Yeah. website? Do it, Jeff. You got it. <laughs> okay. It is. We have. An amazing website, and you'll be blown away by our uh, productivity on this website. It is creocollective.org backslash create. So jump on there. Honestly, men and women, if you're listening with your German Shepherd or without your German Shepherd, you need to be a part of this. Um, let's let's get together. Let's connect. Thank you, Mike, for joining us today. Thank you, brother. Love you. Have a great day. And you guys have a great day as well. We love you guys. We'll connect. Love you too, buddy. Yep. Bye-bye. Later.